I believe there's a hero in all of us. You have great powers, only some of which you have yet discovered. I'm a superhero, Emma. A real-life superhero. The world needs extraordinary. We will make you a superhero. Are you ready to become a hero? Initiating surprise in three. This two is one. The Real Brian Show. Who's ready to travel to Galaxy's Edge? There's a new Star Wars theme park that you can go to, and I've invited someone on to tell us all about it. Is it worth it? Is it realistic? Did this guest become a Jedi or a Sith? Did he see Jar Jar? Is George Lucas even real? We've also got an amazing story of Royal Caribbean and FedEx, and of course, some TV show reviews and updates, some new music recommendations, and there's a new gaming genre that's emerged. We'll tell you all about it. Let's rock it! All right, happy Friday. I'm the real Brian. Welcome back. Dude, I'm the Machine Shadow. Machine Shadow. Okay, I don't so know why I did it in such a weird voice. I like it. Wait, you, you got to do it in a more robotic voice, though. I add Machine Shadow. There we go. I hide in the darkness hey. and scramble your ones and zeros. <laughs> uh, hiding in the darkness, that's a little creepy these days, you know? That could become one of those little Me Too uh, stories if you're not careful. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Just totally kidding. Oh, okay. I do not know what me or two is. I only know one and zero. Oh, that's good. I like that. Nice job. You could just do the entire show in that voice. What do you think? I sure could. It might be long and tedious, though. Two X beat engaged. Yeah, that's right. Go to four X at this point. (laughs) (laughs) Machine Shadow, also known as Troy Heinrichs. Thanks for having me back, dude. It's been a while. Dude, it's been a really long time. Episode 38 was the last time you were on. Whoa, that's like two years, man. At least. I'm thinking it was either late 2016 or early 2017. That's just way too long, man. Man, that's before puberty. Holy cow. I know. I know. I think I just graduated from like elementary school back then. So that's when I was just a little wee circuit. <laughs> Wait, podcasting wasn't even around two years ago. What the heck? Oh, anyway. Well, come on. I, I know. So first of all. Before we go any further, I just want to shout out to Captain Influence, who really wanted to be on here because he wanted to hear all about your story to Galaxy's, your story. I like that. Your journey to Galaxy's Edge, at which is going to be a story. But anyway, he unfortunately not feeling quite so well. Uh, he got pretty sick. So if you think about it, which you better, because if you don't think about it, then that makes you a horrible person, horrible human being. Let's just go with that. So reach out to Captain Influence. Give him some love. He'll be back hopefully next week. We we hope. Otherwise, I'll be it's doing the show you, by myself, and I don't know what to do. Place that wasn't Ronto Roasters from Galaxy's Edge. Oh, that's why he got sick. Yeah. Well, either that or he was drinking the water and he shouldn't have. I don't know something like that. But there is a creature living in those tubes. Let me tell you. That's true. Or like Swamp Thing, which we might have to talk about today. Mm, we might, mm. but we don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> Did it even happen? <laughs> Come on. I wanna- <laughs> I want to get into it. Have you even watched it? I have not watched it because it was canceled. And since it was canceled, I was like, uh, not even going to bother. Well, okay. We'll talk about it in a minute. Well, maybe at the end of the show, but don't worry. Stick around for that. We do need to hear a little bit about who Machine Shadow is and how you came about. I guess we'll go with that. And of course, we're going to go into the Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. So stay tuned for that. We got a great, well, we were totally nerding out on that one. Told you about the inspiring story coming up. And then uh, to round out the show, those TV show updates, I, I got to bring up Swamp Thing. We'll talk. Don't <laughs> worry. 
<laughs> movie reviews, music, gaming stuff, good nerdy pop culture, all that. So first of all, if anyone can, you know, harken back to, like I said, two plus years ago, which I know that's like an eternity ago now, they're going to remember you. You were there. But for those of you who have no idea who Troy Heinrichs is, tell us about yourself in 10 seconds or less. I Go. am the host of the award-winning The Blacklist Exposed podcast, which you can get at theblacklistexposed.com. We cover off on all things related to The Blacklist with James Spader playing Raymond Reddington and, of course, the wonderful Megan Boone playing Elizabeth Keene, an FBI profiler. And it has just been a, a complete awesome ride. Six years of amazing fun and all kinds of great stories. And did you know that I'm now certified psychiatric doctor? <laughs> They named a psychiatric institution after you, right? In the show. Yes. The Heinrich Psychiatric Center. That because awesome. apparently my TV theories are super crazy. <laughs> so here's a great proof right here. We talked about this on this show. We talked, you know, I said that people used to listen. The, the showrunners would listen to Aero Squad when we did that. And I said, you never know who's listening to your show. Here's proof right now that the showrunners listened to your show or they may still listen, right? Oh, they absolutely do listen. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they know what's going on. They get a pulse on the listeners, on the fans and all that good stuff. We actually interviewed the creator at the end of season six because there were some people that were like, yeah, season six, uh, you know, and a little bit of consternation going on. And the showrunner actually decided to interview Aaron and I and asked us nice. questions this time around because he does listen to the podcast and even used our catchphrases in the question. Oh, that's so cool. Creepy. See, that's when you know you've got a good show to talk about. For sure. Definitely. Yeah. You know, it's funny when we talked about Arrow. Now, granted, this is kind of a CBS thing. So whatever, CW, CBS, they just didn't care about the fans very much. And I mean, some of the actors did, of course, you know, there were some people they cared about the fans. But, you know, we we fought to get tons of, of backstage kind of things. I mean, we were one of the top shows when we did that. And man, it was like pulling teeth. And I'm like, I'm watching what you were doing with the blacklist, watching what Kevin Batchelder does with Winona Earp. It's like, man, we just couldn't do that with Arrow Squad. So. Oh, well, find the shows where they care about the fans. Well, and I think it, our success has come because we were partnering with Sony, even though it airs sure. on NBC. So that's the trick, right? The big three are like, eh, podcasting, what's that? Um, yeah. But yeah, get those smaller network shows, you know, million user uh, viewers like Kevin's doing the podcast overlord and you, you get in, yeah. you just get in. That's it's right. fun. Man, that's true. Well, I mean, podcast overlord, Kevin Batchelder and his co-host Bonnie, right? Bonnie. Yes. Yes. Almost had a name blank there. I'm, I'm never great with names, so I'm, I'm surprised I remember that one. But they, with their fandom, with their listeners, almost, I think they actually did save the show. If it weren't for them, the show was actually going to get canceled and they didn't realize they had such a loyal following. So yeah. it, it, it was truly fans. Fans saved that property 100%. Yeah. That's great. I wish we could have saved Swamp Thing, <laughs> which we'll talk about. That is, honestly, I was... I didn't know the show got canceled before I watched the pilot episode and I just watched that pilot episode and went, wow, this is what a superhero DC show should be like. I mean, it's very Marvel like in a good way, but I was like, dang, this is amazing. Then they canceled the show and I said, well, I'm finishing it because it's fantastic. Well, and, and, but, you, and you don't know, right? Maybe it ends in a perfect uh, tiny little bow with a little button on top and it's yeah. just great. And it only needs 10 episodes. You're not there yet. So we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Or, you know, someone like Netflix or Amazon picks it up and finishes it. Very well could. 
I don't know. All right, so you decided to use the the superhero name. We've got to talk like Sean Connery now. Machine Shadow. What is this about? How did this even come about? Because I I know it's it is you. I know that. I had a really crazy April and May. Something literally every single day of the week, if not twice, on Sunday, literally. And I was just like, well, what is it? how do you do that? You have to have like strength or just be a complete robot that doesn't need sleep. Like you can just keep go, 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 go. So I'm like, okay, robots got it. Okay. But then at the same time, <laughs> it's, it's the, the people that I'm supposed to be hanging out with, like my family and my wife yeah. and you know, they, they don't see me because I'm doing all of this other stuff. So it's like, I'm, I'm, I've disappeared. So I'm like, well, how would, how do you disappear? You disappear into the shadows. So I was like, ah, mm-hmm. oh, got it. Robot shadow. That's boring. Uh, machine shadow. That sounds cool. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> so basically I have like super so, cybernetic body strength. That gives me immense strength and tackle like anything super yes. endurance. And then I can actually manipulate the shadows. So sometimes you can see me. Sometimes you can't. I can even use the shadows as modes of transportation. See, now that is cool because I used to go by the shadow. I mean, that's still what I go by on, on gaming. It's either the shadow or shadow flight, even though now people are starting to take it, which is lame. So I need to find something a little bit more unique, I guess. But, you know, for me, the shadow has always been my favorite superhero. And I loved how he could basically control the shadows and do things. But he couldn't travel through shadows. So that is so cool. Yes. I can manipulate mm. them. I can control them. And I can hide in them and yeah. use them as a mode of transportation. Interesting. I really like this. It's aesthetically, it aesthetically you're the shadow. That means I could actually become you. Yes. And then travel through me, which is disturbing. <laughs> that just blew my mind. <laughs> all right well i like it machine shadow that is what we're going to call you from here on out because i don't think i had a really good superhero name back on 38 you didn't you've never had one and we've always called you just troy heinrichs and i thought okay we just can't do that man that's yeah. just i don't know there's in, something wrong with calling somebody by their real name and tv troy sounds weird too but i think that's that's for a different podcast <laughs> all right so here's the deal i just want to say one thing that will change your life and that is key lime pie LaCroix. Try it. Like, like a drink? It's amazing. It tastes like a key lime pie in a cup. But in sparkly water flavor. Yeah. So good. Interesting. Are you, are you drinking anything that'll change your life? Uh, it changed my wallet. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> we were on a cruise recently with Royal Caribbean on the Harmony of the Seas, oh, um, which is the, uh, the ship that's featured in that uh, Netflix movie with Kristen Bell and Kelsey Grammer. Oh, nice. And uh, we went to this restaurant called Wonderland, which is literally as mm. just as you think, like Alice in Wonderland. You go down the stairs into the rabbit hole and this whole experience dining and all the food is all foofy and different. And that's when you'd see it, you know, the Sizzler, for example. Is the Sizzler even around anymore? I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. But uh, we, we had drinks on the drink menu. And of course, when the prices are not on the menu, you, you start <laughs> to just, how much are these drinks really? But... I had this yeah. drink that was uh, like a pineapple and an orange and a cranberry with some Ooh. like really fancy liqueur names that I couldn't even pronounce. And it came out and it was delicious. Oh, yum. And then I got the, uh, you know, folio when I got off the boat. On, uh, I'm sorry. 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 Cruise people are freaking out right now. When I got the off the ship. ship yes. The yes. Ship. I almost lost it too. Um, when I got off the ship on Sunday, uh, I saw the bill and I was like $28 for a drink. Oh my gosh. Like, Usually I get well, a bottle to go with that. It, you know, take yeah. home with me, but 28 bucks. Did, did it change your life though? When you drank it, dude? Yes, it did. 
I know it changed your, you know, your, your budget, but I, I could tell you that with, with the pairing with the food that I had at the same time as the drink, it just made all the food taste that much better. Okay. Well, hey, that's good. At least you enjoyed it. It was yes. an experience. It was an experience. All right. Experiences good. matter. Okay. So you went on the Harmony of the Seas. Okay. So one of the things I nerd out about is ships. I, I'm just total side note here. The Harmony of the Seas, by the way, is one of the largest cruise ships in the world. In the fact, I think it's second like what, largest by three. It? It's short by three centimeters. Wow. So isn't it like 250,000 gross tons or something like that? It's a lot of 230. It, it, it's a pretty big boy. It's basically a floating city. It is. There's a, with crew, I think it's like 8,000 people. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. So is Central Park on this ship? I literally slept right next to Central Park. Wow. It, it was amazing. A living, breathing ecosystem at sea. That's incredible. And it was green. Okay, for those of you who have any interest in this stuff, just check out Harmony of the Seas. Look it up on, on their website because it is, I, I used to actually, I think it was the Oasis when the first one came out and the Harmony is one of the sister ships. And Oasis came out and I was watching all the behind the scenes of them building it and what they were doing with it. Oh my gosh. I, I want to go on that ship, one of those ships, Harmony, Oasis, whatever, just to see it. But with so many people, the question is, does it feel like a cruise or does it feel like you're just on like a moving city? Well, we got denied into our port of call for Honduras because of the swells of waves that was happening in that mm. part of the Caribbean. So we had to cancel that day. So we're like, oh man, another sea day. What do we do? Can't go outside. It's raining and stormy. No. So we sat in this um, Irish pub, I guess you would call it. It's called Boot and Bonnet. Mm-hmm. And as we're sitting in Boot and Bonnet, we just felt like <laughs> it's downtown Chicago. <laughs> like, hey, hey, Norm, Norm, Norm. <laughs> it, 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 literally, you did not feel like you were on a boat at all because you did not see the outside. If you're oh, crazy. down there on the, on the boardwalk or the promenade or. Wow. I don't know, man. See, we used to cruise. It was like family vacations. And this was back when I was a kid and my grandparents, you know, were alumni on Holland America line, which is kind of one of the, I don't know if I call them upscale, but they're, you know, like, what is it? Carnival is the lower end, cheaper family one. And then Royal Caribbean is up there with, I don't know, celebrity and stuff. And then Holland America is kind of the nicer, smaller ships. But anyway, they were smaller. They were very much more like an ocean liner style, you know, with the wood everywhere and just beautiful stuff. And they would play more classical music. And we'd do the cruises to Alaska as a family vacation. That was so cool because you're really, truly experiencing the ocean, like being on an ocean liner. And now they've got these gigantic ships that are just so massive that you start to go, okay, is that experiencing the ocean like an ocean liner nowadays? Or like you said, is it just like being in downtown Chicago or something like that? In the first day or two, I felt nothing, literally felt nothing. And then when we broke through from the Yucatan Strait between uh, Yucatan and Cuba and started heading south into the Caribbean at proper, it's like, oh boy, even this big bad boy moves. <laughs> yeah. Left and right, left and right. So, yeah. well, the left and right is not so bad because they've got those giant, you know, airplane wing stabilizer type things that go out under the water, which helps it from rolling. Which but if is you, awesome. but if you put those out, cause I took a behind the ship, uh, behind the scenes ship tour. And if yeah. you put those out, it actually creates drag and therefore is yeah. less efficient. And what these ships have now is they have a hole in the bottom of the boat. You're, you're freaking out because they're like, Oh, it's going to sink. No, it actually, it's an air jet and they spit air underneath the boat and literally make a cloud of bubbles. And so they can glide on this cloud of bubbles and reduce friction in the water. You glide on the cloud of bubbles. Yes. Interesting. 
That is so cool. So we were up to like 20, 26 knots, I think is the top speed I saw. Yeah. That's fast. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, it is. So what you don't want to get into is when you get into those storms where you're pitching, which is basically the, you know, forward when you're going down and then you're coming up and then you're going down. It's like that's when you're in like the microphone and it sounds like you're like talking like this. And yeah. And you're going like hey, down and you're and going up and down. And oh yeah. That's, that's what'll make people throw up for sure. Oh, that's terrible. Well, anyway, I love cruises. Cruises are amazing and I'm glad you got to go experience that. Dude, you've been on two trips in the last month. Yeah. Two in the last month, San Diego, <sighs> Anaheim, Florida, Bahamas, Mexico, almost hundreds. That's five. Yeah. We are good at math. <laughs> <laughs> five trips in a month? Holy cow, dude. Well, it was one trip. It just went to many places. Oh, okay. Okay, wait. So San Diego and Anaheim was one trip. Wait, where was that part of the cruise? No, that was, that was two weeks before the cruise. Okay. And then you went to Florida. Is that the same trip? Florida was to get on the cruise. Correct. Ah, okay. So Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. In California, not in Florida. Oh, okay. Because the Florida one does not open until August 23rd. See, that's what I thought. I was wondering how that worked because what I was reading is that in Florida, you actually sign up for the hotel and you stay there and you're staying basically on a space station is what it looks like. Correct. They give you clothes. They give you a mission and you actually play out the mission at Star Wars Galaxy's Edge in Florida. So did not do any of that. Okay. Is that an option thing or is that just not what they do in California? That's not what they do in California. Not enough space. Ah, okay. So what they did do though, so this is what's interesting. So the Galaxy's Edge opened up May 31st. I have a t-shirt to prove it. Nice. And the, the concept was like, it's more like a soft opening. So from May 31st to June 23rd, I believe it was just recently, they allowed people to make a reservation. So people that stayed at the Disneyland hotel proper on site, they automatically got a reservation if they came to the park in that window of time. Okay. And then all the other Joe Schmoes had to literally like concert tickets. Like, Oh my gosh, get online 10 o'clock. Refresh, 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 refresh. (laughs) Um, uh, uh, May 2nd was that event. And so eight o'clock, you know, announcement comes out. Hey, the site's going live at 10 o'clock. We all, you know, 10 browsers are open and 10 o'clock comes and we're like, just don't, and this is don't refresh the screen. So like, we're don't touch it. Don't touch it. Uh, we got in and my buddy got in first. I got in second. His brother got in third. I got in again. Then he got in again. So we actually went to galaxy's edge twice in two days. Wow. Because all you had to have was uh, no more than six people on your reservation. As yeah. long as the person that made the reservation was present with their ID and their QR code, then the other five people got in. That's cool. All right. So you said it is smaller than what Florida will be. My understanding is that the the land itself, right? The actual attractions and land is about the same space, but then you have the addition of the hotel in Florida that adds a little bit, but it's not really in the park. So, so how realistic was it? I mean, were you able to really immerse yourself and feel? Okay. Okay. Talk about it. So, the the story is set up that we are between episode eight and episode nine. Oh, wow. Okay. So people like Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> Who's that guy? Don't know who that guy is. Misa, no. Good. Oh, thank God. Okay. I want to go now. Uh, yeah. No Jar Jar Binks, <laughs> which means you also do not see any Han Solo. Okay. You do not see, you know, any Luke Skywalker. Okay. So it's really focusing on Chewbacca and Ray and I didn't see Finn at all, uh, mm-hmm. but I did see Kylo Ren. 
And really what it is is it's on a planet called Batu. And mm-hmm. Batu is on the outer rim of the galaxy, hence the yeah. galaxy's edge. And for some reason, it's like Groundhog Day. Batu just seems to live the same day over and over and over again. <laughs> I don't know why mm. it does that, mm. but it just does. And they have their own language, uh, Batuese. And so when you go and greet somebody in the morning, you say bright suns. And then when you leave somebody at the end of the day, you say rising moons. Ah, okay. Because it's okay. a, it's an outpost, right? So there's some yeah. uh, resistance people that are there and there's some first order people that are there. But if you're part of the resistance and you want to leave, like, like say like a Rivaderche, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you say till the spires or may the spires keep you is what you have to say. Okay. So then they know you're part of the, that's cool. So they really immerse you in, you know, sayings and. Oh yeah, for sure. And there's a language written all across in Batuis around the park around the area. And you can Mm -hmm. actually use the Disney play app on your phone to then translate the language back into English. Nice. So you can use your data pad as it's called to then scan stuff around the environment and AR in order to determine things that you need to do and get uh, involved in things of that nature, which is really great. That's so cool. It's amazing how, how far augmented reality has come. That's so cool. And so for the average Disney person that would go to Disney and I want to say good in a line to, you know, meet brave or Cinderella or snow white. And you get in these like long lines to hug the character and get your picture taken. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That doesn't exist because they don't know what that is. I'm about to interesting. So they're just walking around. So they stormtroopers, Kylo Ren, Chewbacca, Like you could just be walking along, drinking a soda and literally Chewbacca walks right next to you. <laughs> That's awesome. So it really is. I mean, like you're literally in it, not just like, let's go up and hug and, you know, sit on Santa's knee kind of thing. Like you're actually immersed. Oh yeah. They're just going about their quote day. The stormtrooper came up to my face with his finger and touched my nose and literally was like, <laughs> what are you doing with that data pad? And he just kind of nice. stood there and I'm like, I guess I got to respond, don't I? It's like, okay. I was like, uh, videotaping you to send it back to Kylo Ren to make sure you're doing your job. And he's like, (laughs) I got my eye on you and your device. (laughs) And And then you're like, I got my eye on you too. (laughs) And then he walks away. Nice. Did you, uh, did you get arrested by any of the stormtroopers? I did not. Luckily. No. Bummer. I I thought he was going to arrest me because I'd talk back to him, but yeah, you should have been like, you know, I'm here. uh, Some by the first order. Yeah. See, that's the thing. You got to go in with some, some good quips, you know, so that you can kind of draw something out of them. We had their commander of the stormtroopers came by Kylo Ren uh-huh. second as we were waiting in line for the cantina and he was questioning my friends and the, he was just like, yeah, you guys look like resistance fighters and they're like, no, 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 we're not resistance fighters. And I was just like, yeah, no, they're just from the outer rim. Don't talk to them. <laughs> <laughs> they're, a li- they're a little different. That's cool. It's like going to a, uh, a Renaissance festival, you know, where they're, they're totally completely in character and you, yeah, it's weird. Cause I, the first time I ever went to, well, actually, I've only been to a Renaissance festival once, but it was a long time ago. The first interaction I had, I was like, I don't know what to say to this guy. And he just kept going. And I was like, uh, and later a friend of ours was like, dude, you just got to get in character. And I'm like, oh, okay. Okay. And so you do. And then it's, it's fun after that. So I ran into the droid depot where you yep. actually get to pay a hundred dollars per droid. Wow. You're not limited to just one hundred dollars to build a R2D2 or a BB-8 or a variation thereof. Really? parts that come on the line and then you get to put little chips inside of them. So you can buy different kind of chips and they do different things and say different things with different personalities, uh, oh, which wow. is really cool. But there is a life-size R2-D2 sitting in the corner. Nice. For the low price, you can take it home with you. You can actually buy a full-size R2-D2 to control yourself. Yeah. 
Want to guess how much? Uh, I'm going to go with 10,000. Higher. Are you kidding? I'm not. What is it? $25,000. Oh my gosh. The cost <laughs> of a new car, you can have an R2-D2. You know, there's a company called Wolf Robotics. They're in Colorado. And a couple of the dudes from there built a full replica robot, life-size just like that, of R2-D2 and a couple of other droids. I think even BB-8 was one of them. And it was completely accurate, controlled everything. So you can do it, but 25000 wow. Yeah. How do you do that? You, know, you come into the credit union, and you're like, can I get a loan for twenty five k? Yeah, it's insane. Yeah, what are you getting? A Ford, a Chevy? No, an R two D two. Yeah, give me a break. <laughs> that, that's way overpriced. But hold on though. So you can build other droids. Do you get to take them with you? Yes, yes. So okay, you're, are you're, they mini droids or what? They're eh, they're taller than a Smurf, so more than three apples high. Um, okay, so if I build a BB eight, it's the size of three apples or two. Eh, I guess yeah, maybe four or five. Oh, okay. So it's not a full size one. Is it going to roll around though? Oh yeah, full control. Really? Wow. Yep. So it's a full-on robot. If you want to build one, you know, funky purple, red, black colors, whatever you want. You just want to buy BB-8 and buy R2-D2, same $100. Okay. That's really cool though. So then you bring it home and it's like a little remote control droid. Yep. But the cooler part of the big one was that I didn't know because I'm, like, I'm trying to figure this out, right? Because I know R2-D2 is not real. Sorry, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hide, hide your kids. Cover their ears. Uh, but no. R2-D2 rolled over to me because I had my data pad out and mm-hmm. I'm like, he's like looking at the camera on the back of the data pad and tilting his head and all that. Beep, 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 beep. Like he's trying to talk to the phone or something. And so then I just looked right, looked him straight in the ocular sensor and just had a full on conversation. Like, no, sorry, I don't know where C-3PO is. I haven't seen oh, him at all awesome. today. Last time he was, he's, he's going back and forth with me. The guy behind the counter is the one that's controlling him. I thought it was, I was talking to the the thing thinking it was a camera and some guy in the back room is doing it. No, it was the guy literally two feet away from me controlling. I'm hearing the whole conversation and dialogue. So full immersion experience. Absolutely. So with your AR, did it translate his beeps? No, 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 that, that didn't do. Oh, R2D2 speaks R2D2. Now the machine shadow might've been able to figure it out, but well, that's true. R2D2 is foul mouthed. We've already said that he's basically bleeped out. That's why you can't understand him. Yeah, uh, my friend then came up to him like really quickly, scared him. He's like, "Wow!" <laughs> nice. Did you try to punch or tackle Chewy? Uh, no, no, no punching, no tackling. Oh, but what they did do is um, Chewy and Ray are fixing the X-wing that is in the um, resistance base area, which is over by Rise of the Resistance, the new ride mm-hmm. that'll open up later this year in Disneyland in November. Nice, nice. And they're just fixing it. And then people are taking PhotoPass pictures with the PhotoPass people right in front of the X-Wing. And <laughs> as they're just staying there, Chewie just kind of creeps up behind them and then starts making weird faces and photobombing the pictures, <laughs> which is totally <laughs> awesome. That's awesome. And then That's they come awesome. down and there's they're like, they're like frantically looking through the crowd and we're like, what's going on? And they're grabbing giant haired bearded men. And they lined up like five or six of them. And then literally they went down the line and had like a Wookiee off. Oh, to nice. Make the, the Chewbacca sounds. And then Chewbacca yeah. would like, you know, like, like more, more throat. Come on, <laughs> you know? And, yeah. And then one guy like couldn't even do it. And he starts laughing at him. <laughs> it's like, Hey, that's not fair. <laughs> that's but awesome. They, they pick a winner and then he got his picture with them and a souvenir. And oh, that's cool. It's fun. So, okay. Now I've heard you can build a lightsaber. Did you do that? We did not go into the lightsaber shack because the lightsaber shack was uh, two thousand. Uh, no, it wasn't two thousand dollars. It was two hundred bucks. Two hundred. Oh, okay. Okay. But two hundred bucks is still yeah. a lot. I mean, I just spent a hundred bucks on a droid. So yeah. <laughs> but it's cool. I was talking to someone about that, and they were saying that the 
Maybe we talked about it on the show. I don't even remember now. See, <laughs> I have all these conversations. Might have been on the show, but $200, you know, for that. And it's not dueling ready. It's cool that you can put it together. You know, it's sort of custom. That's pretty cool. But there are some really sweet online companies like Vader's Vault and uh, totally Saber Forge, I think is one of them. Anyway, some of those, same kind of thing though. You can actually get the parts and put it together yourself or you can, ha- you can pick the parts and have them put it together. But the hilts are actual metal. They're handcrafted They're or whatever, you know, I think they're actually welded too. You know, you actually got people there that know how to do this kind of stuff. And they'll create it with blades basically that are dueling strength, dueling quality. And apparently you can beat the crap out of each other with those things and they won't break. Nice. And you can get the full RGB lighting so you can do whatever colors you want. You can do the different sounds you want. Those are going to run a little bit more. But to me, it's like for $200 to get, yeah, I don't know if it's cheap necessarily, but it's basically a prop versus, you know, a prop you put on the wall that is versus spend, I don't know, $600 and get yourself a full on dueling lightsaber that's completely custom made. I don't know, man. Well, and, and that's what I was saying. I was like $200 and yeah, it's kind of cool. You can walk around here with it and everything. And yeah. and that's going to be on a hilt most likely in my office and just be a giant nightlight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, you could be like Howard, you know, in Big Bang Theory where he has two of them, two of them over his bed. Well, and, and it counts as a carry-on. That's the other issue. So when you, when you buy it, if you have a carry-on yeah. and you only have a carry-on, you didn't check a bag. Well, now you got to check your luggage because your lightsaber becomes your carry-on. <laughs> it's in the fine print. Wait a minute. How do you get through TSA though? It's okay because it's still in, in, the, in the packaging. Ah, uh, so if you pull it out, it becomes a weapon. Exactly. Gotcha. Okay. Well, well, only if you turn it on. That's all right. You know, order a real one from one of those dudes that you know do them, handcraft them. But it's like a, it's like Ol- Ollivander's wand experience in Harry Potter. You get to pick your kyber crystal, and your kyber crystal yeah. jo- joins with your lightsaber. I mean, it, it's a religious experience if you are a true fan of the Force. Sure, it would be cool. It would be cool. And again, you can do that. Again, with some of these other online people too, you can pick your kyber, kyber crystal. But the problem is, is you're not putting it together in the moment. You're not immersed in it. They're doing it for you. And then exactly. you get shipped. So that's, yeah, I can see that. I can see that. The wand experience would be fun too, but that's a totally different story. Right. All right. So one question I want to know though is, was it crowded? Well, see, that was the weird part because of this reservation system. So our first day we got there, it was eight to noon. So you got four hours to explore the land. Okay. And while you're there, you have to... Uh, if you want to build a lightsaber, make a reservation. If you want to do droids, make a reservation. If you want to go to the cantina, make a reservation because you have to make sure that there's enough time for everybody to in there to do their stuff. Sure. And then what happened was, was these reservation spots overlapped. So the next crew comes in at 11. So for that one hour overlap, it's pretty crowded for that one hour. Yeah. And so we wanted to make sure we did everything we wanted to do for the first three hours. And then that last hour would be like shopping and, uh, just people watching character watching, drink some blue milk, uh, yeah. that kind of stuff. And, uh, okay. yeah, we, we timed it out pretty good. We rode the Falcon seven nice. times. Oh, nice. So that is yeah. awesome. Okay. That was awesome. So that, that's good to know about that because one, there was a funny picture I saw posted somewhere. I don't remember who posted it, but it was like, you know, it showed the, the beautiful marketing piece of galaxy's edge and it's got, you know, a family and, you know, exploring. And then it said, but what in reality it will be? And it showed like a New York style crowd, you know, <laughs> just like wall to wall people. Well, Couldn't that is my guess of thing. what it looks like right now because the yeah. reservation system is now over. So oh, now it's just, geez. now it's just open to everybody. 
Oh, so I don't know if they've like, yeah. like, Hey, the reservation system is actually really great. And now maybe it's like a fast pass. I, I have a friend that's out there and he's going to try to figure it all out and report back. Cause yeah. I do, I don't know right now, like what this week has been like. All I know is that the Falcon times have been like upwards of 60 minutes. Oh my gosh. And we were just like, boom, See, boom, boom on and off. It's awesome. Yeah. That's the one thing that would detract me from even going, you know, you want to go and immerse yourself. And when you're just wall to wall people and just waiting and standing in lines, like you can't immerse. There's right. just no way to do it. Mm. All right. So you had blue milk. Was it good? Um, yeah, I would say so. It just was like, um, what did it taste like? Not quite blueberry, but like it had, it had a, it had a berry taste to it. The milky yogurty kind of feel, but it was like a slushy. Oh, okay. So, so it's just you, milk that has colors in it. Yeah. Drink, drink, drink that <laughs> milk too fast and you still get a uh, blue brain freeze. So oh, nice. Nice. Well, they, and they have a blue milk and a green milk, I should say. Oh, okay. The blue milk so, is yeah. much better than the green milk. It should be. Yeah. Was the green milk like a, well, that's the new one. That's the whole, you know, last Jedi thing. Blue milk's classic. Right. What did it, the green milk taste like? The green milk was more tropical flavoring. So it just was like, eh, it's like bango and yeah. Yeah. It was okay. Mm, okay. I, I, I like the blue better. Okay. That's good to know. See, it's so funny. That's one of those things where you see a drink that's in a, a movie or a show or something and in your mind, you know, they've described it or you've seen it for so many years. And then you start to go, I wonder what that would taste like. And I always wonder if you were to actually create it and taste it, would it ruin the experience for you? Uh, well, no, because I had some yub nub. Yub nub. Oh, yeah. From the Ewoks. Yep. 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 Inside of the cantina, which yeah. is not the cantina, right? Because it's not the most Isley cantina. It's sure. the, it's the um, Olga's cantina on Batu. Uh-huh. With DJ Rex, the robot spinning the spinning the tunes in the nice. back, but uh, I, I I ordered a Yub Nub, which came in a wood carved porcelain glass, and uh, for forty five dollars, I'm a, I like really expensive drinks apparently. Holy cow! But Not it was a really. souvenir, so you get to you get to take the cup home. Oh, cool! So worth worth the forty five bucks. Well, what did it taste like? It was like a punchy tropical. Yeah, I would say it's probably more like a Sex on the Beach. Maybe a tequila sunrise mix in there. Okay. Um, it was good. It was really good. Really good. Okay. It was yub yub. Um, yub yub. A, okay. and, but it's not the most expensive thing on the menu. The most expensive thing is a $75 beer flight. Oh, wow. That is served on a board that was bit by the Rancor. Okay. And the beer is served in the Rancor's teeth. Oh, wow. And then you get to take that home as a souvenir. Oh, so you're really paying for the souvenir. You're really paying for the souvenir. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, okay, so we did a thing. I mean, last year we were doing, you know, a lot of the, the fun drinks and stuff. And I made Ractuccino, Klingon Ractuccino, and I made a uh, Vulcan Spice Tea. And how I always imagined it in the shows, you know, in Star Trek Deep Space Nine, and I think that was Voyager, because uh, Tuvok used to drink them all the time. I would imagine them tasting a certain way based on how they would explain it. And I just couldn't recreate it. And so I was disappointed in what I did. Granted... These were recipes online that you could find and try to, you know, make them as close to what it would be like. But I'm like, I just don't think that's right. I don't think that's the way it would be. So I don't know. That's why I say, you know, is it disappointing when you uh, drink the drink you've always imagined kind of thing? I was super glad that at the uh, Star Trek experience at the Hilton in Vegas, when it was open, I did get to have my glass of Romulan ale and it was amazing. Really? Was it blue? It was blue and you could buy a six pack to take with you. Nice. (laughs) <laughs> I bet they get the alcohols better than some of these other things. I had it with my gack that I had on this, that I ate for dinner. Oh, gach. Mm. 
That's good stuff, man. Was it, was it living the gach? Uh, it was not moving. No, it was, it wasn't moving. It was not moving. Oh man. But it well, looked that, like that's it. like the it's, worst it, kind it, of gach. It pr- pretty, pretty much looked like it though. I was like, <laughs> do awesome. I really want to eat this? <laughs> okay. So you said you got to go on the millennium Falcon ride. Yes. So, the smugglers run. So first of all, you go on to the, cause I, there's a life-size replica. You go in there. Is it just pretty much like going in the millennium Falcon? Well, you're not going, I don't want to spoil it because it's, you don't, you don't actually go in the Falcon. Oh, you don't, you you just go in the building and the, you know, the ride building that they made and stuff, but you go, you walk around the Falcon. So it looks like you're going into the Falcon. Okay. You know, you're not really going in the Falcon. Um, So they didn't recreate the inside of the Falcon. Well, here's the thing. When you get up to the the ride. Yes. When you get up to the ride portion and you get the whole like, here, here's the story. And we're this, I'm the smuggler. And oh my gosh, look, Hey, Chewbacca and Chewbacca's up there. And he's like, Hey, I need some parts. And and he's like, okay, we'll give you some parts. If you go help us get some coaxium. And so that's how you end up getting on the Falcon. And then the doors open and you walk in and they hand you a card. So you have two pilots, two gunners and two engineers. Okay. So have you ever flown uh, mission space at Epcot? Uh, very similar where everybody's got a job to do push buttons and all that other fun stuff. Uh, very similar in that experience. And then you walk through the doors and oh my gosh, it's the Falcon. Like, wow. Like the jar table sitting right there. Nice. Uh, and then you have the place where Finn is sleeping and you know, getting better at the end of episode eight. And you could go down the hallway and there's the, the gray background in the hallway where Leanne Han kiss. And then you could recreate yeah. that with your significant other and get a picture. And oh, nice. uh, it, it, it was like a spot on and you, the rounded corners to come around. And, and then you like climb in the, into the, into the co- cockpit and you never get to see the cockpit from behind in the mm. movies. You only see it from the front. And so we had to yeah, like true. stand as forward as we could and go, does this look like it? And they're like, yeah, it's pretty close. Oh, interesting. So, and then you, uh, you sit down in your seats and you have a, a pilot on the left pilot on the right, on the left, you control the uh, left, right movements of the Falcon. And then the pilot on the right controls the up, down movements and the jump to hyperspace. Oh, so, cool. so you have to work together as so a cool. team in order yeah. to make the Falcon fly. And you know how the Falcon, if you're getting those tight spaces, how it can go like, you know, vertical oh, yeah. on its side. Yep. Yeah, if you hard over on that stick on the left pilot side, you hard over. <laughs> oh, dude, that's <laughs> awesome. So cool. That is so cool. So, okay, you're saying that the actual life-size replica outside, you cannot walk inside, but when you do go into the Falcon, it's recreated like in a building. Oh, yeah, it's pretty it's pretty spot on. It's pretty good. Okay, so it's at least, you at least get to see the inside of the Falcon in its own way. Yeah, and if you want, I, I ha- we have a video of oh, me yes. actually on the going through it with the, with with the group that I was with. Nice. Brian can put that up in the show notes uh, for yeah. this episode, and you can watch that. Send it over. Yeah, oh, that'd be so cool. Yeah, that would be neat to do. So, was that your favorite thing to do, or what was your what was your favorite thing to see and do? It was just it was just such an immersive experience. I think the whole thing was amazing. Yeah. But yeah, every time we flew the Falcon, it's like, no, I want to be a gunner this time. No, 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 I want to be the engineer this time. Uh, so yeah. since we got to do all the positions, definitely flying left pilot is more fun. I would think. Yeah. Uh, because yeah, okay. jumping to hyperspace sure is cool. You get to do that twice. Yeah. Uh, and it's like, and it sits there. It waits for you. Like it's the thing's flashing green, flashing green, flashing green. And it's like, okay, why aren't we going anywhere? It's like, oh yeah, pull the lever. And then you're gone. Oh, and it's like, it's so cool. Nice. So cool. Yeah. So but you're is it, fully immersed, fully immersed. Is it an actual like simulator kind of ride, like moving around and that kind of thing too? Yeah. I mean, if you want like the ride mechanic technicality of it, it's the thing of it like the, like the Simpsons ride or the back to the future ride or mm-hmm. um, something of that caliber, if you will. Okay. But at the same time, 
it reacts to you. So when you say you are flying the Falcon, you are truly flying the Falcon. Oh, that's so cool. So like when you shoot the gun, yep. you see the laser blast on the screen. When you hard over left, it hard overs left. If you go up, it goes yeah. up. You go down, it goes down. So it does not do anything until you react um, to oh, whatever so you're cool. doing. So it's full immersion piloting. Yeah, it's kind of a cop out in a way. Um, and I hate, to see, I hate to be a downer about it a little bit, but it's um, you're chasing a train to steal coaxium. So it's like you're doing the thing in solo, right? Where they're like okay. taking the train to get the coaxium. It's the same kind of concept, but it's after episode eight. So it's like, how does this really fit in? I don't understand. Mm. But um, the experience was just so much fun. You're just like, shoot the train, shoot the train, blasters. <laughs> yeah, yeah, engineer, grappling hook. Let's go. Come on. And you're just like screaming at everybody in the, in the cockpit to get it done. Cause you could, you could definitely get one container of coaxium. If you're really good, you can get two. I don't know if anybody's ever gotten three, hmm. but if you could get three, oh, that's so cool, man. Let me know. Yeah, that is so cool. So first of all, I am so glad that they have an actual ride slash simulator that you can control because that's the one thing that I've never really liked about most of the rides. When we did the, you know, you brought up the Star Trek experience at the Hilton in Vegas. We did that ride where you basically jump onto a, a fighter, I think is what it was, because it wasn't even quite a shuttle and you leave the enterprise and you know, you're fighting the Borg. It was amazing, but the one thing that I thought was missing was I want to control this. I want to fight. I want to move us. I want to maneuver us. And if I run into a ship, then I run into a ship, you know? And I had the privilege of actually flying a 727 simulator at the United Training Headquarters in Denver once. And it was amazing because, you know, you're not just flying like a simulator on a computer. Like the whole thing is moving. And at one point that it was funny because that simulator was actually glitchy. Because my aunt's a pilot and she used to fly on that simulator once in a while. And she said, oh, that one. Yeah, we, we all know that one. That one crashes on everybody all the time. I was doing a turn and it, even though I turned back, it kept turning and then went in a nosedive and we crashed. And again, that's just a glitch in the simulator. But when that happened, the clipboard that was in the cockpit slid all the way back just because of the way that those things move on the hydraulics. So to be able to control that though, oh, so cool. I want to go now. So cool. It's neat. All right. So it was worth it. Yeah, I, and I would say even waiting in line for an hour, totally worth it. Okay. Uh, the hot tip for you guys, if you go though, stand, especially if you have a party of four, make sure you have two go to the right, two go to the left before you get your cards. Wait, go to the right before you go to the left to get your cards. Well, yeah, so like you, you, you watch the little like pre-show video or whatever and animations and yeah, Chewbacca will help you and you come okay. into the next room, um, have two of your party members go right and have two of your party members go left oh, and leave okay. the suckers that are with you to stand in the middle. Because okay. it's either the left or the right that will get the pilot cards. Ah. So if it's just you okay. and another person as a party of two, you can either gamble and go right, and then the left might get the pilot cards and you get stuck with engineer, or you can have one in one, and then at least one of you will be a pilot. Sweet. Well, thanks for sharing this, man. It was really cool to hear about this. I'm, we've been wondering about this. You know, We talked about it, I think, last year. All excited for it, but wondering how good is it really going to be? So sounds like it's amazing. Well, and the, the, the funny thing about the way the fireworks show is set up over the castle, uh, the fireworks actually launch behind the castle, which is actually really behind Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Oh, cool. Yeah. If you're watching the fireworks at 930, the fireworks literally go up above the Falcon right between the black spires. Oh, that's so cool. It's so amazing. It's in the video, actually. So if you have the video up on the nice. On okay. the show notes, yeah, you can check the it video. Out. I'll put it on the show notes for sure. Yeah, yeah. All right. I want to know if anyone else has gone too. So we're, we, I want to go to this. I don't know how badly, you know, Sarah wants to go, but <laughs> I think it'd be so cool. All right. Well, thanks for sharing that, man. Appreciate yeah, it. Absolutely. 
Good times. Now you have a really inspiring story of Royal Caribbean and FedEx. You were on that cruise. You've already mentioned that, but it, this happened to your friends. You said what happened? Yeah. My friends, you know, you do the, when you get to the end of the cruise, you put your bags out in the hallway the night before. I've always been leery of that personally. I mean, I know no one's really going to take my bag, but they could take your bag. I suppose they take your bag based on your number and they put it in a spot downstairs in the luggage collection hall and you go to your number and you get your bag. Well, he went down there and the bag's not there. And they literally waited the entire day because they weren't flying out to the next day to see if the bag would happen to show up and it never did. Mm. And so they're like, Oh my gosh, someone stole the bag. Like, what are we going to do? Like they stole the bag. The, the issue was, was that his wife's jewelry is like heirloom jewelry handed down oh, wow. all in this bag. And so she's just absolutely distraught. Can't yeah. just, just really, really a mess and everything. And so they, they fly home on Monday, still nothing. Tuesday comes along, still nothing today. As we're recording this podcast, FedEx rings the doorbell and the bag is there intact. Nothing missing. Oh, wow. So Royal Caribbean was able to find the bag, get it in FedEx, send it out. So I thought that was really cool that, you know, she didn't lose all of that memory and history of her heirloom jewelry. And yeah. And my buddy Craig, he was able to get his one tie that he owns that he wears every 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, he, could, he, he couldn't be bothered to go out to buy, buy a new tie. He, had, he just couldn't, yeah. couldn't do it. <laughs> That's really surprising to me though, because usually the cruises are, you're right. You know, you put your bags out the last night and you're always like, Oh my gosh, somebody's going to do something. But usually there's never a problem. So somehow it got misplaced it. They lost it, whatever. Somewhere tag fell off of it. I have no idea. Wow. But they took care of them. Yep. But it it showed up. So that's good. See, it goes to show you that there are people out there that are still trying to do a good job because you hear the stories of the airlines losing your bags and everything else. And you know, you've got the angry customers and people that just don't care and everything else. Oh, so here we go. Yeah. Just follow the process. Be real nice yeah. about it. Uh, actually, yeah. a, a secondary story. I had picked up my dogs from the dog center after we got back. And as I was pulling up to her house, her dog was in the house, right? She's in that. She said, I work all day. Dogs are in the house. She's got a little doggy door because she has some medicine that's making her pee a lot. So all of a sudden there was a storm and the garbage cans were put out for the day. And we think that she maybe got out where the garbage cans normally are. Mm -hmm. The dog was gone, like missing for, I don't know how long because it happened during the day. Mm -hmm. And so when she got home, she's like hysterical. She's like, Oh my gosh, you know, know, the dog's gone. I have no idea what to do. And and so we found out that uh, literally the next door neighbor across the street had found the dog called animal control. It was at the animal shelter, right? Now the animal shelter at that point is closed. It's it's eight o'clock at night. Yeah. And there just happened to be a animal control tech officer that was getting in his car ready to leave to go home for the night. And I was just like, I was like, I was like, man, dude, I know this isn't in your purview. I'm really sorry to ask this, but is there anything you can do? The dog is congestive heart failure. She needs these six medications tonight. Like, is there any way you can get me the dog out of the kennel? Mm. And he's like, let let me call my supervisor, figure it out. And he called the supervisor. So we just had to pay a $45 fine, come back in the morning, fill out some paperwork and he let the dog come home, which was great. So just be respectful of your authorities and good things happen. Yeah, totally. That's great, man. So he yeah. was a superhero for sure. Cause she was, yes. she was like, Oh my God, my dog's going to die. Oh yeah. So, oh, yeah. oh so man. Kudos to Alec from McHenry County police department. I like it. See people do good things, man. Dog man. <laughs> That's right. Dog man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of, uh, basically swamp man, uh, swamp. I don't know how that, 
<laughs> I don't know how that uh, ties in. I don't know. We're going to talk some stuff here. So yes, we mentioned Swamp Thing got canceled right after the pilot aired. Do, 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 yeah, you, understand, do, even, do you understand how like weird this is? Because I'm on a boat. Sorry, I'm on a ship in the middle yeah, of the ocean. Ship. No internet, right? Oh yeah, Swamp Thing premiere. Great. Can't wait to get, you know, seven days later, going to go home and watch it. Come off the, <laughs> come off the ship. Seven days later, it's like Swamp Thing canceled. Suck you. Yeah. What the <laughs> heck? <laughs> I was like, so ticked. I'm, I'm telling you, I watched that pilot and I'm going, this was amazing. This is the way the DC shows should be. You know, they did a really, really good job of pulling it together. It was a nice mix. I know it's supposed to be a little bit of horror, but it's not really scary per se, but it's good tension, a little bit of suspense, but really, really good story that the acting is actually really good because they've pulled some people together that you've never seen before. I mean, a couple, two Vox on there. But other than that, it's like, this is really a great show. Then they cancel it. Well, there's a lot of rumors going around. I'm not even exactly sure what's true. They were talking about that they didn't get the, I don't know, some kind of a tax grant or something like that that was happening where they filmed it. Then they were saying, well, that may or may not even be entirely true. So who knows? But I'm like, guys, let's, let's, we, we all know what happened. Let's be clear. Just, just wait and let the show air. <laughs> see what people say first and then see how much money you make instead of being so dang freaking greedy. Right. Wasn't it? It was a uh, Netflix that was touting the Adam Sandler, Jennifer Aniston movie. And they were like, yeah. well, you know, based on ticket prices and number of people that would have gone and seen this in the theater, that if they would have gone and seen it in the theater, it would have made $120 million this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Swamp thing made, you know, and? what 50 bucks. <laughs> I, <don't know>. <laughs> <laughs> I think this was because they're in the process of doing the WB thing. And so DC universe, great idea, right? Titans and doom patrol and we're, everybody's excited and it's gonna be great. And DC is going to, you know, maybe they're better at TV than they are with the movies and maybe yeah. this will be their redemption. But I think because you have the WB streaming service coming, which will have HBO and Cinemax for a combo price now, instead of separate as part of that, I think that this was just a, you know, let's just pause. We'll get WB streaming service up and running. Then we might bring something like this back. Would be my <sighs> guess. It's such a dumb thing though, because the thing is, is that, you know, DC fans are already pretty jaded as it is anyway, you know, especially with the movies. Well, they and have to I, be all their superheroes are dark and brooding. And, oh, yeah. And it's, it's Martha. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like they've kind of ruined some of the shows a little bit, a little bit. I mean, I know that they've got some still good stuff, but I don't know, man. Like the thing is, is when I told people that Swamp Thing was coming, everyone's like, really? I used to read that or I, you know, whatever, like they knew about it. When I said, have you ever heard of Doom Patrol and Titans? They're like, what's that? Now, granted, the true comic fans will know about them, but the majority of the fans knew more about Swamp Thing than they did the other two shows. Why the heck would you can this project? Beats me. Yeah, it's stupid. But anyway, it's really good. And I know you, among many other people, have said that it is, why watch it? You know, because it's canceled anyway. Right. Um, there's so I'd much stuff. to watch it. 500, it's it. 500 shows to watch. <laughs> well, I know, but it's, it's one of the better ones out there right now. Uh, but speaking of good things, that's coming out next week. Season three, the stranger, thing. stranger things, dude, that looks tight. Good. It looks better so be, tight. Everybody's like, what the, it better be good. Are you excited? Maybe he was here the whole time. What? <laughs> oh, jeez. And they're going to blow up a mall. Yeah. Come on. Star court mall. <laughs> So great. Maybe yeah, Robin could come I'm, from high your mother, man. right? Uh, Robin sparkles. Let's yeah. go to the mall. No, just kidding. <laughs> oh man. It's going to be good though. I'm looking forward to it. And I've been actually watching season two of Marvel's runaways. Finally. 
I still have not started the runaways journey because I was on the gifted journey. Ah, did you like the gifted? I loved the gifted. I thought it was great. It got a little convoluted towards the end of the second season, which is probably why I got canceled. Uh, But yeah, the the first season I thought was fantastic. I was like, this is the way X-Men should be done. This is, this is great. Good. So yeah, super excited to see runaways. Yeah, Runaways is good. It's a little different. I liked the first season quite a bit, but it's a bizarre storyline. And of course, there's a lot of agendas they're trying to push against you, which I, I hate that. I just get so tired of that. But the story is good enough that I'm interested, but I would not say that it's fantastic. It's kind of like Cloak and Dagger. Cloak and Dagger is interesting enough to keep with it, but it's still kind of bizarre. But no, it's not gifted. It's not some of the other shows that are out there that are far better, but it's still good. Well, yeah, because it's, it's a streaming show, right? Sometimes they're good. Sometimes they're yeah. bad. Exactly. Sometimes there's one thing. (laughs) What do you recommend though? Give give us a good one right now. Oh my gosh, dude. Good omens on Amazon prime uh, came out a few weeks ago. It was fantastic. Okay, good. Now you might be in those Christian circles. There are some people that are like, Oh my gosh, the Bible, you can't do that. And all that fun stuff. I'm telling you, like it was so funny. So funny. (laughs) David Tennant is amazing. Is in his, his character. Um, you got Sheehan in there doing his stuff as the, as, as Azrafel. It's just a really good take on doomsday uh, apocalypse and the whole, you know, the antichrist and they switch at birth and they can't find them. And oh, nice. <laughs> I don't want to give too much away because I'll, I'll give one thing away. Cause it's really not that, that big, but the, the concept is, is it's the, it's a good angel and a bad angel and they're on earth and they're supposed to do these things and they're supposed to eventually usher in the end of the world, but mm. they become friends. And they kind of like the human lifestyle. <laughs> so they're like, <laughs> end of the world. Like, we're just getting started. This is fun. Like, no, we yeah. don't want the end of the world to happen. It's <laughs> uh, so they're, uh, so they go through time and they kind of show like some, you know, p- you know, pivotal Bible stories uh, oh, cool. through the ages. So they're at uh, Noah's Ark in one episode. <laughs> I laughed way harder at this than I needed to. But the unicorn just starts running away from the boat. <laughs> and David Tennant's like, Noah, that's Noah, awesome. uh, you got, no, no, it's okay. You still got one unicorn left. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> you're just like, yeah. You're like, yeah, that's totally how unicorns disappeared. I get it now. I, I buy into it. Oh, that's so funny. Um, but yeah, they right, really- I'm not to watch it. You know, I have heard those arguments from the Christian circles, but this was never intended to be an accurate portrayal of anything like that. So no, but in it- fact, at the, the same time, aren't even Christian. So it's like, you know, but at the same time, you know, being a Christian and doing a lot of religious studies myself, it's like, I've done like there's, I know enough about it that man, there's so much right in it as well that it's so funny. It's yeah. so, like the whole, the entire opening of the show goes to this whole um, creation versus uh, science versus the big bang. Like some people think the earth is this old and some people think the earth is this old. And, <laughs> yeah. and they like, they literally actually came down to it and said, yeah, no, the earth is really only about 6,000 years old. And I'm like, that's true. That's exactly right. <laughs> oh, that's if funny. you, if you're one of the, you know, uh, Ken Ham, you know, Noah's our creation people. Yeah. That's yeah. exactly what they think. It's six years old, 6,000 years old. And I'm like, wow, they really did some homework for this show. So that got, I was hooked. I'm like, okay, but what else are they going to get right? Yeah. Interesting. Well, I do want to watch it. I've it's been good. wanting to, it's actually on my list to watch. So it's coming. Um, obviously big, uh, other ones that started out big little lies is back for season two. Um, yeah, Sp- you like that? Well, it's great. Cause they have like this huge cast, right? Right. Like, um, mm-hmm. uh, Reese Witherspoon and, uh, Shalene Woodley and Nicole Kidman. And it's like, mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Like, and Laura Dern and man, powerhouse women. And then they add Meryl Streep to season two and it's like Meryl Streep shows up and these other people just look like chump change. <laughs> 
Like, like she's yes, amazing. Yes, though. dearies, you could keep up with me. Absolutely. Oh yeah. Uh, just really fantastic. It's all about, yeah. she's the mother of the man who was murdered in season one. Okay. And so she's there trying to investigate like, what, 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 so what really know. happened in season yeah. one. She's there to figure okay. it out okay. um, and cause problems. But um, uh, Handmaids is back on Hulu. Mm-hmm. Uh, really great third season so far. Uh, loving it. But Chernobyl on HBO. Oh my gosh. I've heard about that. So good. It's good. It was so good. Russia is actually making their own version of it now to tell oh, the wow. real story. <laughs> Was this not the real story? Well, you know, the Americans got it wrong and it's all propaganda and blah, blah, blah. Oh, geez. But they, but they are. They, yeah. the, the Russians are making their own version of Chernobyl. So it must have been good. Stern Interesting. Enough, do you remember pots. when Chernobyl happened? Oh, so long ago. Yeah. Do you remember it though? I, I mean, I remember when it hit the news. Yeah. But it's like, like when, if you watch it on HBO, it's probably more horrific than it probably was. Or maybe it's spot on. I don't know. But it's it's pretty horrific. <laughs> I mean, it's... It's not, it's not one you want to binge. I'll tell you that right now. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You know, and, and the thing is, is that I, I remember it very well. For some reason, I remember the day it happened and um, I, I, we saw pictures and stories of it, you know, and it was extremely horrific. So I wonder how true to life it is. I never studied it though. So I really don't know. I was a kid, but yeah, but most people are like, oh yeah, that's what really happened. It's like, no, nah, it's probably not dramatized well, for TV, I, but <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of liberties taken but absolutely so now you saw the new men in black though right oh man and it's because we got off the boat sorry the ship, the uh, ship. <laughs> i'm just gonna do it as a running right. gag now boat ship submarine man exactly right <laughs> it's in a cloud of bubbles <laughs> and we had like <laughs> eight hours of just time cloud of bubbles <laughs> so good same bubbles eight That's hours right. before the plane took off yeah so what are we gonna do for eight hours so we have this whole thing called um, go port canaveral super great service get a hotel, get a ride to the port, get a ride back from the port, goes to the airport. It's great. And then you can book a half a day hotel on the other side. So you can like swim by the pool and relax. You're not sitting at the airport for eight hours. Well, they took us over to the movie theater, which was across the street because it was a hundred degrees outside. And we saw men in black. And let me tell you, it lived up to expectations. Nice. It sucked. Yeah. We talked about it last week. I loved it. I thought it was great, but what were the expectations that you went in with? I, I went in with it's Valkyrie and Thor. And, yeah. and I'm watching a Marvel movie with weird men in black crossover. And that's exactly what it felt like. Yep. Now, Tessa Thompson did a little bit more with the character uh, that I thought was pretty good. But at the end of the day, I was like, man, like I saw Tomorrowland and the whole uh, Eiffel Tower thing. And so that's kind of rip off of Tomorrowland. And then it was, yeah. it, it, it just, there wasn't enough new to make it go, man, this is great franchise yeah. re-energized. I think if they oh, went with yeah. no name actors, like I really liked agent C. I thought he was a, yeah. a, a yeah. nice guy. I thought he was interesting. I'd like to see maybe more with him, but with Liam Neeson and with, with uh, Hemsworth and it's just, it's kind of like when you see Aladdin, like everybody's like Aladdin is so great. And I'm like, and Naomi Scott was fantastic. She can sing like you, nobody's business. Yeah. But when you see Will Smith, you don't see the genie. You see Will Smith. Yeah. You don't see Deadshot. You see Will Smith. Yeah. And that's what ruined Suicide Squad. It's like you have to yeah. have no name actors in some of these roles in order yeah. for the story to shine rather than the actors be in the limelight, that's in my opinion. That's a good point. Yeah, because you know what? Now that I think about it, because I, I thought it was true to the, and again, we talked about this last week, but I thought it was true to the Men in Black universe. For sure. Yeah. And total campy, great stuff, a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. And Johnny Pistol Shot and I saw it and we both thought like it was entertaining. It was fun. You turn your brain on. We didn't have any expectations at all. We just went in and said, eh, you know, it's not going to be as good as the first one. We know that. But it was good. I mean, it was fun, but you're right. If if you were to put no name actors in there, or you get somebody with the quality of a Tommy Lee Jones, 
something right. like that, which I think Liam Neeson, eh, he just wasn't the right fit for that, even though he's great. I love him. But again, you put in some of those no-name actors and I think you're right. You probably would have, people would have liked it more because yeah, it felt like watching Thor and Valkyrie. Yeah. Now that you bring that up. Too, it was too soon. Too, but it was too, too, too I, close. I, I, yeah. yeah. Well, and the whole thing, where it, although I did laugh at this point though, when he was trying to reach for a hammer on the ground. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> and I'm sure that was intentional. Yeah. All right. Now you saw Toy Story 4. Oh my gosh. I haven't even seen Toy Story 3 yet. So I, I, I don't know. But. I have grown up with this franchise. So 1995, yeah. when Toy Story 1 comes out, I'm graduating high school. So yeah. 18, you know, impressionable young man. And you see Toy Story and you're just like, oh my God, this is the greatest movie ever. Computer animation is so great. So awesome. Yeah. Um, and then two comes out and you're like, this is fantastic. Three comes out. Oh my gosh. The end of the Andy trilogy. So, so good that you're just uh. like, why, 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 why will you ruin that moment and bring back this movie for a fourth time? Sure. And I have to tell you, I wanted to hate it. I wanted to stomp on the ground. I wanted to rip the stuffing out of every toy on that screen because I did not want this movie to happen. And it overachieved from the third movie. I was nice. huddled to tears on wow. the ground. Like I was inconsolable for, mm. for the entire end of the movie. Wow. So good. Pixar like never fails. There's a, there's a small part of the movie where it drags just a little bit too long. But other than that, like if that wasn't in there, I'd, it's a 10 out of 10. I mean, it was, Oh, wow. Oh, that's so impressive. Good. So good. That's impressive. Okay. Good to know. Well, I might have to watch three then. I loved one and two. I mean, really did. They were they were so unique. I promise. The in three, there's a moment that is so great. I stood up and clapped because I didn't even see it coming, and it was so perfect. Okay, like, that's how that's how the great three was. So for three to get me out of my chair and clap and make a fool out of myself in front of everybody else in the theater <laughs> to have me like be in tears like that much more in four. Yeah, so good. So mm. good. You do double feature. Watch one and then go to the movie and see the other one. All right, man. Well, I have a couple more things here I want to share and then we'll wrap up. But yeah. I found so escape rooms are not new. People have been doing them for a while. I love them. There's actually a new Dungeons and Dragons escape room that they've just created here locally. I'm like, I gotta see this one. Just it's because. on the ship. It's on it was on the cruise. Really? Oh, yes. that's awesome. escape the Rubicon. It was a puzzle break game. Oh, nice. See, I love escape rooms. They're so much fun. If you have a good balanced team of people that have a lot of different skills and all that, you, you know, you can easily solve them and set records and everything else. But interestingly, what they're doing now with online, you know, gaming, actual gaming is they're having escape rooms now as part of your games. It's a new genre that they're kind of tapping into. Instead of going to an escape room, now you can do them online. It is so much fun. There are different game makers and usually each of them have one free level that you can play. They're on steam by the way on your, on your PC or whatever you're playing with. And so we've played two of the free levels and they're very interesting. They're different than an actual escape room, but it's so it's, I don't know. It's just refreshing. It's, it's different. I love it. So check it out. So it's like when you play the room or the room two or the room three on your iOS device, but you're actually playing with other people to solve the puzzles. Yeah. Although I've never played those, but I think I know what you're talking about where you're trying to get through the room to try to get out. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's interesting because the first escape room that we played online, one of the free levels, you're kind of in this giant castle. So instead of being in a room, trying to get out of a room, you're actually in this like huge map and you're cruising throughout the map and everywhere you go, you're trying to get to the next area. 
So, you know, you're solving clues and it opens up a door and then you go through a giant tunnel and then you're into another room and stuff like that. So it's, it's a pretty involved, large map in that sense. The one that we just played was you were in completely different places and you get walkie talkies, which is your, you know, voice chat. Love it. And even though we're on Discord, so we just did it on Discord. But the whole point is that in the game, you're using the walkie talkies to talk to each other. One person's in a library and the other person's trying to, and you're trying to literally meet up together. And you have to solve these puzzles by communicating. Okay, I see these, these hieroglyphs. What do they mean? And, and the other person says, oh, I have a book here with these hieroglyphs. Let me tell you what order they're in. And let me tell you what they mean. Or it's really cool. But, you know, it's a couple free levels. And now they're starting to, they're trying to tease people, bring them in. And then they're trying to do some paid levels as well. But I think it's fun. It's just something different, which I love. That sounds awesome. So you got a new card game you're playing? Uh, yeah, the card game is called Unstable Unicorns. And I don't know if it's been around nice. for a while. If anybody knows the, the card game Exploding Kittens. Yes. It's from the same guys that made Exploding Kittens, I believe. Okay. And in this, in this game, the Unstable Unicorns, I think it has six expansion packs already. One of them is Not Safe for Work, which is really, the unicorns are really funny. Uh, but the way it works is you have uh, a stable in front of you and you have to put your unicorns in the stable. But the unicorns then have like a basic unicorn or a magical unicorn. And then the magical unicorn can do things like kill another unicorn in somebody else's stable or it's the unicorn of fertility. Every turn you get to put in a unicorn for free in your stable. Um, And then there's um, instant cards that you can do actions on. So if someone's like uh, plays a magic spell on one of your unicorns and wants to take it away, you can do a nay card. Nay. Nice. And so then you uh, put the nay card on there and nice. it cancels the action. And then you can nay a nay. And then you can have like magic in your stable. So there's like upgrades and downgrades on your stable where uh, if you have an upgrade of nobody can nay anything you do, or there's a downgrade that's like you could have uh, nobody, you, know, you cannot have more than five unicorns in your stable at any time. And you have to have seven to win. So basically you're screwed. <laughs> until you could get a magic nice. that can get rid of that downgrade. Um, and you just keep taking turns and going around the table. It's fun. We played one game was uh, five of us and it took an hour before we were actually able to get to seven unicorns because we're just really evil and stuff. <laughs> I love exploding and imploding kittens. Yeah. Both are so much fun. We got the expansion for that. So Dude, good. If you like exploding kittens, unstable unicorns, totally up your alley and you will okay. truly make some uh, um, unstable friends because of it. <laughs> I love it. All right. Thanks for the recommendation. Okay. Music. I've got a bunch of stuff, a lot of new music that I put on. By the way, I've organized my Spotify playlist a little bit better. So if you go on to Spotify and you look me up, I'm, I'm real Brian. Um, and I've got everything now organized as TRB's, you know, fill in the blank. So TRB's gloriousness, TRB's vault, TRB's ultimate, TRB's soundtrack, stuff like that. So check them all out. I've been trying to organize them a little bit better only making public the ones that I've organized so that I've got a bunch of random things here that people are like, what the heck is this? I'm like, yeah, I just make those secrets so that nobody knows what the, you know, it's too confusing. So this way, you know what they are. I've got a bunch of new music in there. I think I've mentioned echoes before. I love that band. There's a new song called saints. Wow. Um, do you know how to pronounce it? Shade shade S H S H A E D. Cheyenne. Famous for, what is it? I don't know. Shed. <laughs> Famous for Trampoline. Uh, a really good song, by the way. But new song that I found called Thunder. Love it. Aurora's new song in bottles. Amazing. Skillet, Save Me. That's a great rock song. Skillet's still around. And a lot more, but you've got some good stuff too. 
Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we just finished up season six of the blacklist and we've been managing a entire series uh, soundtrack. So you, nice. can, you can actually search for the blacklist on Spotify or in my case, I actually redo it on Apple music so that people, you know, equal opportunity on our show. Yeah. Uh, so, but uh, they had really great songs, uh, a band by the name of parquet courts did a song called wide awake. That was fantastic. Nice uh, vision, vision, uh, their song, hard times coming was when red got put to jail, like red went to yeah. jail. And it was a really great song. And then of course, uh, Sophie Tucker just, she just keeps nailing it out of the park and she's got her oh, song, awesome. shit, which is awesome. Yeah. Benadryl, one of my favorites of hers. Oh yeah. is so good. And then uh, fantasy. I, I love both of her songs on that. I guess it's them. Sorry. It's she singing, but it's a duo, a guy and a girl. Yes. Really yes. cool. Uh, she was actually on the, on the blacklist, I think in season four as well. So she's a, she's a nice. return uh, to them. But then I, I just like, like checking out like new alternative stuff. Cause I used to do alternative radio when I was in college. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, really. Uh, I found Franz Ferdinand again. Um, always oh, nice. ascending. Great, great uh-huh. cut. Uh, Moon Taxi has a song oh, called Too High. I love that song. And then uh, love that song. MGMT, uh, Little Dark Age. It's just, okay. it's got this weird techno pop vibe to it. That's just, I don't know. I'm, I'm drawn to it. I don't know why. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. something I wouldn't normally listen to, but every time it comes on, I'm like, like I get it. It's like, it's like Lost Boys. I think a little bit is what it reminds okay. me of. Nice. I appreciate the fact that you're always discovering new music too, because uh, I feel weird that, you know, most of my friends and I think this is the way it is with most people. You get to a certain age. I feel like you hit between 25 and 30 and you stop looking at new music and you basically start listening to what you listen to either in high school or college or both. And then you get stuck there. And it's like, you know, there's nothing wrong with that music. You grew up with it. It's got good memories, but I'm like, there's so much good stuff coming out still. Well, and I think this is people will nag on Apple. I, I get it. I understand Spotify is great. Not saying Spotify mm-hmm. is bad or anything, but the one thing that Apple does really well with the Apple music concept is that they have these things called the a list and they are curated playlists that change every week for whatever oh, nice. genre you want. Right. So it's country or Christian or gospel rock alternative, whatever. So I just, I have the a list alternative saved as a favorite and I can literally be like, you know, Hey woman in the, in the device, uh, play a list alternative and she just starts playing it and every week it's new stuff. Nice. So it's just, I get to keep exploring without having to, okay, thumbs up, thumbs down on Pandora and all that other f- stuff you have to do over there. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's been a, it's been a fun ride, fun ride for sure. That's great, man. Yeah. I don't even use Pandora anymore. I, I used to go there to discover new music, but I think Spotify's done a pretty good job with, you know, like here's some artists that are similar to what you do, but I'm also granted. I know a lot of people, they want to turn it on and not mess with it. So Pandora is great for them. They want to discover that way, or maybe Apple's better in that sense of curating the music. But for me, it's like I've, because I've been a DJ, because I've done radio, I like to search out the music and curate it myself. Well, see, what I love about having it on my iPhone and Apple music is that you have that Siri integration, especially with a home pod. So yeah. like the song's playing, you don't have a chance, like you, know, you have a pen or pencil, we got to write down, or you're not looking at the playlist where you can hit the heart button or the thumbs up button. So you can literally be like, Hey, woman in the device. <laughs> because I don't want to trigger anybody's actual devices, uh, but woman in the device remind me about. Th- <laughs> I was like, why do you keep saying that? Yes, that makes sense. You're right. <laughs> I, I tell you that lady gets triggered quite often. She does. Yeah. Uh, but no, you could say like, Hey, woman in the device, remind me about this. And yeah. then whatever song is playing ends up on your reminders list. Oh, cool. So that way you actually have a list of all the stuff that you thought you liked. So you can yeah. go back and then add it into your library, which is really great. Especially while you're driving. For sure. Yeah, it's exactly what it's for. It's, it's amazing. 
Yeah, that's awesome. I'm going to check it out. I've never actually used Apple Music. I mean, I used to use iTunes, but you know, that's like antiquated and they're getting rid of iTunes anyway. So I'm, I haven't checked that Apple Music yeah, yet. Yeah, so when Catalina comes out in October and you don't have iTunes anymore, perfect thing to yeah. open up Apple Music, the app, and still burn your CDs and all, manage your library and all that stuff is still there, just like old iTunes used to be before yeah. they added in everything else. So it's like iTunes of old is really what it is. Um, yeah, oh, that's Apple cool. Music built into it. And yeah, with, with, the, with your phone integration and iPod integration, your CarPlay integration and your HomePod integration. I mean, it's like my whole it's house awesome. is like Apple now. So it's just like, hey, woman in the nice. device, play, <laughs> play Sophie Tucker. Yeah. Wait, are you using Sonos, by the way? I have a Sonos uh, Play 5 speaker in, you are? The, oh, in the main dear. living room. Oh, I love um, those. And I can play my Apple Music subscription through mm-hmm. the Play 5 speaker now. Nice. So that is a nice uh, plus. I would love to get a Sonos system, but they're just kind of expensive. Well, and that's why I was like, if I, if I have to go buy a Sonos speaker, do I want to buy a Sonos speaker or do I just want to buy a HomePod? Yeah. Because I have Apple everything else. Why don't I just buy a HomePod? Same okay, price. Well, that's true. And it's Whatever got works. built in. So I can be like, Siri, tell me the weather. <laughs> I, I've got some very old school speakers that I've connected through some very interesting, you know, awesome means. Yep. But I mean, like, you know, it's a 19, I think, I think one of my, one of my sets of speakers is from 1974 and the other set is from 1976. But that's back when they made speakers with subs in them. Like right. they are the most amazing speakers ever. And they don't make anything quite like that anymore. I or if you, my you five get foot, five foot pioneers, tower yes. speakers on either side yes. of the TV, still yep. hooked up to this day. These are pioneer 100s, man. They, they do not go out of style. No, and they're, they're incredible speakers. In fact, people have actually said, never get rid of those, no matter what. But my, my dad had them and I've inherited them. Yeah, you have to find an amp loud yeah. enough to drive it. And they don't make amps big enough anymore. No, I know. And I've got one from, you know, it's an old school thing. It's like, it's, but it works and it looks like crap, but I don't care because the only way that I'm going to get anything close to that sound is to go out and buy, you know, some, either a Bose system or something that, I mean, there are, there are sounds out there. There are some amazing things out there. You know, there's a lot of the new technology that's out there. That's incredible. But even then, most of the speakers that I've found still don't sound that good. So you got to spend a few thousand dollars to come anywhere near close to what those things can do. For sure. Easily. So anyway, good stuff. Well, all right. Speaking of that too, um, iTunes for you, for those of you who were just like, wait, 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 hold on. iTunes is going away. Yes, but that will not change anything as far as how you get stuff. You know, for those of you who have listened to podcasts on iTunes, it's now Apple podcasts and you know, your apps on your phones are all going to stay the same. Nothing's going to change with that. And it's only um, on Catalina, the new operating system. So if you still have Mojave or High Sierra or whatever, iTunes is still going to be there. Okay. And the functionality is still going to be the same. You're still going to be able to access everything. It's just going to be a different name and a different look, essentially. Exactly. But exactly. Yeah. Just keep that in mind. Like you're not losing any functionality of anything. And then also, by the way, and I've been talking about this for a long time and I never got on. Finally on. The Real Brian Show is on Spotify. So if you are someone who prefers to listen on Spotify, there you go. Go check it out. It's another podcast. You can subscribe and uh, listen that way. Uh, some of you like Spotify much better. Here's the thing. I've only included the, I don't know, there's like maybe 15 to 20 episodes on there. It doesn't have the entire collection. Uh, and that's because Spotify, you know, we've played clips of stuff on this show back when we'd play the Thank God It's Friday song. And there's just way too much with the whole, is that fair use? Is that not whatever? I don't know. I stopped doing that about 20 episodes ago, probably now, just because I'm like, I don't even want to mess with that, but I'm not going to go back through and edit all those episodes. That's just way too much work. 
So stop doing it from this point forward, of course. Spotify, if you have anything on there that it's like, doesn't matter if it was a two second clip, they won't let you on. So that's why it's a limited catalog on Spotify. But either way, you can at least get all the new stuff. All right, Troy, AKA Machine Shadow. I love the name. Thanks for joining me, man. This was fun. This is great. So glad to be back. Yeah. And we'll have to have you on more as you have time. You are a shadow because of all the busyness you're doing. So when you have more time, we'll get you back on. Yeah. When I'm not bouncing from country to country to country as quick as I possibly can. Exactly. Spreading exactly. zeros around the world. And not to mention when you're bouncing in uh, the outer rim of the universe. Ooh, that was awesome, ooh. dude. Can't Thanks for telling back. us about that. Cannot wait to oh, get back. Can't wait to go. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thanks so much for being on. Thanks for having me. Good to hear you, buddy. Likewise, man. All right. So how do we, how do we find you? Me, uh, Twitter at Troy Heinrichs. You'll know all the TV shows I'm watching because that seems what I pretty much only post over there. But if you want to follow the podcast, that's at the blacklist GSM for golden spiral media, or you could go to the blacklist exposed.com. We will be back October 4th, 2019 for season seven. Holy crap. I can't believe the show's still on the air. I Uh, thought they were canceling the show or they were ending it. But they're well, not. Well, season six and season seven were renewed as a package. Oh. So this could be the final season, but nothing okay. official at this point. All right. Well, thank you, Troy. I appreciate it, man. Love it. Keep up the great work. Superheroes unite. You know what the music means? Time to go. All right. So you can go over to realbryanshow.com. We will share that video on the show notes all about Galaxy's Edge. You can see the inside of the Millennium Falcon and everything they did. We'll have links, all of that, everything that Troy just mentioned. Go there, realbryanshow.com slash 167. That's the way to go. Have a great week. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week. Happy 4th of July. Real Brian Show signing off. The Real Brian Show is a production of 514 Media at 514mediaempire.com.